This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hey there, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 275, recorded on Monday, July the 25th, 2016. Wow, 275 is like one of my favorite numbers. Why is that? I have no idea. It's just, I just like it. It's just a good number. It's kind of, it's it's not round, but it's kind of round. It's like three times 25. It's kind of nice. Plus 200. <laughs> well, the 275, yes, but 75 is one of my favorite oh, got numbers. It. Not 275. All right. Well, we're 275. We are plowing right along here on our way to 300, which is going to be hopping. exciting. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Um, and... You know, I don't know if you've been outside today or if anyone really cares, but it is damn ass hot here right yeah, now. Yeah, it is, uh, it is uh, very uh, hot. I've, I'm going to suffer through this podcast because I know it's too, too cold in your house because for various factors, but in my house, it's hot. We don't have very good air conditioning in this house. I'm in the basement. This basement, once it heats up, it stays hot. And I don't want to have a fan on because, you know, microphones and stuff. But here I am. I'm going to sweat. I'm going to get hot and suffer through this sucker. Well, you refinished your basement and made it all nice and cozy. We did. Right? We put With the lots of insulation and all that <laughs> kind of stuff to keep in the heat. That's right. Best insulation we could get at the yeah. time. So it keeps out the heat for a while. Uh-huh. Right. I'm sure it'd be this, exactly the same thing in December if you turn the furnace off. That's right. It would be nice and warm. For a while. And then, but then it once it cold. got cold, you're, you're hooped. Right. So here I am. I'm in a hot basement. Uh, I think it was 33 degrees today. Yeah. For our American friends, that is about 92, if I'm not mistaken, Fahrenheit, which I know is, is not the hottest it gets in some places. Like It's still stupid hot. It's still stupid hot. And it's muggy and it's gross. Oh, God. The problem with Toronto is that it's humid. When it gets hot here, it gets humid. It's just, it's like. You walk outside and it's like being punched in the face with a fist of humidity and it does not feel nice at all. Like if it's dry, you don't feel that 33 degrees so much, but here it's, it's like swimming around outside. It feels like 45 and you're about to die. It's, I don't know why anyone stays here. So is it making you mad that I'm wearing a hoodie? (laughs) Well, I kind of wish I was in a position where I needed to wear a hoodie. That's the thing. I'm too cold. I'm in the basement of my house, which I do have central air, but my, uh, you know, my very pregnant wife is upstairs. Uh, she's working from home now until she starts her maternity leave in a couple of weeks. And she's working in the office on the, on the second floor, which the air conditioning barely reaches hers. So we've got the shit cranked out of it. <laughs> so, uh, the basement is like a friggin' meat locker Yeah, and I have to work down here all day. So I... I'm wearing a hoodie and socks, and I hate wearing socks, but I have to wear socks or my feet get too cold, and I'm uh, I'm, I'm friggin' cold down for, here. For the first time in your life, you've had to, you've been too cold. Yes, it, it is. That's it really is. I uh, I generally like the cold, but uh, not after ten hours of it. Well, I'm too hot. You're too cold. What's the lyric? Never too hot. Always too cold. No, that's not know. it. My wife's just right. She's, uh, you know, we're adjusting all, well, we're adjusting our entire lives right right now around her comfort, even though that's completely impossible, but we're trying to strive for her not to be too hot. Well, soon enough, you're going to be adjusting your entire life around the baby. Yeah. Which is kind of already started, I'm sure. Yeah, it has. It's excited, man. Everyone, Jason's having a baby in like three weeks. 
Well, no, she's going on maternity leave in three weeks. It, well, it is like, shit, it's like three weeks. This baby's coming soon, man. Oh, my exciting. God. It is exciting. Your oh, baby, my God. Yeah. You're, <laughs> <laughs> sorry I had to remind you of that. Your baby is coming right around the time Fear the Walking Dead comes back. Uh, yes, I uh, I noted that uh, I my baby is coming uh, three days before. <laughs> That's if everything goes according to plan, right? Which it never does. No, never. So uh, yeah, I'm a little worried. Well, we'll talk about what to do if you can't make it here. Everyone will understand. Uh, but I can't do this by myself, so we're gonna have to come up with some plan. We'll get my wife to do it. <laughs> Pretty sure she will be equally monopolized. Yeah. So yeah, that's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a tricky time for podcasting. Well, you know what? We'll figure it out. You gotta have a baby. Yep. All right. Well, we are here to talk about the trailers for The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead that we that were released at San Diego Comic Con on Friday. So we've had the weekend to watch them over and over again, digest them, just let them pour over us and you know, seep out of every crevice. So hopefully we got lots to say about them. But you know what I like about this time of year? It's too hot? No, it's not that. We've been through that. Yeah. About trailer time. It's This is one of, honestly, this is one of my favorite podcasts we do every summer where we look at the trailer. And this is the first time we've had a, uh, oh no, we probably had a fear trailer last year too, right? I For don't recall four. going through, a, if there was a fear, fear trailer, I don't think we did an analysis of it. All right. Well, we're going to do both this time, but it's trailer time. And, you know, we're sitting at a point right now where season seven is still possibly the greatest thing our our TV has ever shown us. Our TV It's possible. We don't yeah. share a TV. Or it's the absolute worst. It's uh, it's definitely, uh, what's that called? It's called... Uh, it's Schrodinger's trailer or season, isn't it? Yeah, Schrodinger's cat. Right. Schrodinger? Maybe not Schrodinger. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. The internet's yelling at us right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's You know what we mean. It's it's It, it exists as both, both the greatest thing we've ever seen and the worst. Yes, it's both. As of right now. And yeah. that's what I like about this because we've seen the trailer and it's full of hope and potential and promise and all those things and and uh you know all we can do right now is is look at it and speculate and get our hopes up and try to figure out what the hell's going on and it's fun to do that yeah and i uh, you know not to drone on about my pregnant wife or anything but we don't know what the gender is going to be and i kind of feel that way about the baby like <laughs> it's both a boy and a girl right now uh-huh obviously the gender has been decided upon yeah most likely uh but you know i don't know if it's a boy or a girl but it's kind of both right so, it, it is. Well, to so you, it is. So the trailer is both, uh, season seven is going to be uh, the most fucking awesome season ever or a complete load of crap. Chekhov. Chekhov's trailer. Not Schrodinger's. No, not... Uh, <laughs> Chekhov's no, somebody's, somebody's cat box experiment. No, no, no. That The cat box experiment... Oh, yeah, that's Schrodinger's cat. Oh, Chekhov's gun is the one where you show a gun in the first act, it has to go off in the third act. So Chekhov's whatever. Schrodinger is what we were talking about. Schrodinger's Schrodlinger. cat. Schrodlinger. Schrodlinger. Anyways, the season both exists as the greatest thing ever and the worst thing ever at this point. And that's what I like about this time, because you can choose to be pessimistic or you can choose to be optimistic. And every year I choose to be optimistic. And, and everybody's right. Whether you're pessimistic or optimistic, if you think it's going to be an awesome season, yeah, there's, you know, you're right. If you think it's going to be a complete load of crap, yeah, you're also right. You're right. And you have to wait to find out. Who's ultimately right. it's, it's It eventually will resolve into reality. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
one way or the other. It's fun. It's fun. Maybe All a right. little bit of both. Yeah, that's probably the, the uh, actual fact. A little bit of both. Okay, so we're going to talk about the Walking Dead trailer first because that's, okay. that's the main show and that's what we are usually here to do. So one of the biggest questions we all had going into this is what are they going to do this year because of the enormous, massive, annoying cliffhanger at the end of season six? Right. What are they going to show us? They can't give away the answer. You know, uh, I thought a thought occurred to me a couple of weeks ago that maybe – what if when this trailer came out, I'm going to do a what if scenario here. Sure. What if when this trailer came out, it was, they just gave it away. They showed us the scene of who Negan killed thinking, you know, and going through what I was thinking is going, going through the producer's heads is like, well, guys, we're not going to keep this a secret. So let's surprise everybody and reveal it at Comic-Con. Is that what you thought was, was going to happen? No, I didn't think that was going to happen in a million years, but I thought how unique and novel would that be if they actually did that? So instead of being a trailer, it would be like actual information. Actual, it would be like a spoiler instead of a trailer. Holy shit, they totally missed an opportunity. That would have been excellent. That would have like rocked the uh, the news, you know, all the news media outlets. They, well, they would be reporting about that for days. Yeah, it it, it almost would have... You know, I talked about on our crossover podcast with the uh, the Walking Dead cast about how this was the opportunity. The this was the Walking Dead's opportunity to do something truly memorable and legendary in the history of TV, and they botched the whole thing up. Yeah, revealing it in the trailer as a giant surprise to everyone in some ways could have redeemed them for that because it would have made up for it for me with me. Yeah. People would have been talking for years about how, Oh my God, they put a trailer out in like eight months, not eight months, four months before the thing was coming back. And, uh, and they, and they revealed this massive, this massive thing. Oh man. I want to go back in time and live in the alternate reality where that happened. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Somewhere out there, there's you and me talking about how fucking awesome it was that they revealed who Negan killed in the trailer. Mm -hmm. And we're not it. We're not living in that reality. And that makes me sad. No, we definitely are not. Um, and then, it's just, and then the the news story would have been like, oh my God, they did this. And then, oh my God, what are they, what's going to happen? Like in the rest of that first episode and the rest of the season, you know, if this isn't important enough for them to keep secret, what is right? And then obviously the trailer would have been massively different, which we'll get into, but I just felt like, you know, imagine if they did that, that would have been super awesome. That's the world I want to live in. Well, Sadly, you're I mean, there's other worlds I want to live in as well. You know, with, you know, peace on earth and sure, all all men and women equal and happy and but, stuff. But instead, you're living in this one. I'm living in this piece of shit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, anyways, so that's not what happened in this trailer. So let's let's get into it. The first, what we start with. Oh, and the reason I was talking about that is our biggest question and everyone's question is like, what are they going to do? How are they going to show us anything from this season without giving this away? And well, here, here's what they did. Yeah. They didn't show us anything about our existing group of characters, really. Well, and they couldn't. Like, what are you going to do? You can't do anything. So the first one minute and 28 seconds of this trailer is uh, old footage. Is a montage. But it's a montage. It's a flashback montage of a bunch of the characters that are on the chopping block. 
that are potentially die, going to die. It's their uh, lives flashing before their eyes. Yeah, all 11 of them. So it starts with this, this montage, as I said, of all the characters floating up in the screen, old footage of them with sort of important lines of dialogue from the past six years. And what, it, what we get is in this order, we see Glenn, Carl, Daryl, Maggie, Sasha, uh, Michonne, Abraham, Rosita, Eugene, Aaron, and then Rick. And then we see a slow shot of like Lucille swinging on a black background. And then we get very fast cuts of the same characters in a different order. We get Maggie. I think it was this order because it was so fast. Maggie, Glenn, Eugene, Sasha, Rosita, Aaron, Abraham, Daryl, Michonne, Carl, and Rick at the end again. Yeah. And I don't think that means anything. I don't think there's anything we can learn from the order or the dialogue that was chosen. Um, it is what How many it is. seconds was each character on the screen? Because some people, some of the characters showed up in other characters' flashbacks, right? So, uh, you know, if we ca- counted up the exact number of frames that each character was on screen in that first one minute, 28 seconds, <laughs> then maybe that number will tell us who's going to die. Yeah, somebody get on that right away. <laughs> <laughs> Because I didn't do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think you can learn learn anything from that. And that's what they decided to do. They showed us, they reminded us who is in that lineup. And they basically were saying it could be anybody, could be anybody. So hope you love all these characters because one of them's going to die. Okay. So then after that first one minute, 28 seconds, then the trailer starts. Exactly. And the rest of the trailer is all new stuff. Or at least stuff involving characters like uh, uh, Carol and Morgan, whom we know are not in that lineup and therefore safe. Yes. From Negan's bat, anyways. For now, yes. But uh, yes, they're uh, safe from Negan's bat, so they are safe to put in a trailer. That's right. Um, Now, because of this, I think this trailer is probably in some ways a little more straightforward than any other past season trailer. Um, And I think that because... Before, where they've had to show us, you know, the characters we know um, and use creative editing to kind of manipulate what message they want to get across without giving too much away. This is all mostly new stuff. It's stuff involving this new place called the kingdom. It's stuff involving, you know, what's going on at Negan's compound, the sanctuary. And it's stuff going on, I think, a little bit at at the hilltop. I saw a hilltop, yeah. Yeah, saw the hilltop. So it's all kind of, like, we don't really know anything very much about any of these places, especially the sanctuary and the kingdom. So whatever they show us, they don't really have to give us too much out of context or manipulative, manipulative editing because we don't know what we're looking at anyway. So I wonder if what we got here was just a little more straightforward than usual. It very well could be. I mean, I guess we don't really know, but I, f- I felt like it was. But anyways, let's get into a breakdown. As, as we always do, I always kind of scene by scene this, this whole thing. So after the, um, after the montage at the beginning, we see Morgan on the road with some people on a horse. Now, these are kingdom people. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't tell if Carol was there, but I have to assume that this is them on their way back to the kingdom and Carol's been shot, right? So they've got her... Somehow along with them, Morgan's walking, everyone else is on a horse, it looks like. Yep. And you wouldn't think that Carol was walking after being shot a couple times. So I don't know where she is, but I assume she's with them. Um, we cut to a scene of people 
wearing lettered clothes. So there's a couple of guys with a, with jumpsuits on one has an F one has an S and they're doing something with walkers, walkers that are chained up. One has a bucket over its head. Yeah. Cause that's funny. <laughs> you know, if you're going to have fun in the zombie apocalypse, what do you do? You stick a bucket on a zombie's head and watch them walk around and walk into things <laughs> and then take bets. Cause sure. That's even more fun. You can do that with uh real people too. put a bucket yeah, on their head and see what happens. Yeah, you know, well, you have to tie them down first, right? You have to tie their arms to their waist or something because... Spin them around. Yeah, get them lost, make them run. Like uh, at the end, uh, or uh, part of uh, Fargo. You watch Fargo eventually, right? I love, I've seen everything. I love Fargo. Okay, so you, know, you remember when they... Uh, oh, they you mean the movie, sorry. I've, movie, yeah. I have seen the movie too, yeah. Yeah, you Don't know when they Fargo. There was a fun scene like that in Fargo. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Spoiler alert. All right. <laughs> um... I actually have a pretty good idea of what's going on in this scene, though. Um, And it comes from the comic. So I don't know if I should really bring it up. But what I think they're doing, at least with the bucket, is the bucket is kind of a protective measure when they are interacting with these zombies. So they put a bucket over its head. They do what they want with the zombie, then take the bucket off. Kind of as a protection between, you know, the zombie's mouth and your hands or your whatever neck your neck your vitals that's right so i think that's what's going on here i'm pretty sure we'll learn more about that when uh, we get into the season um we see uh we see dwight he uh he points a gun at somebody and says everything's his or will be so he's talking about negan yeah probably i guess uh we get another shot of negan swinging his bat and bloody lucille which is pretty gross so we know that lucille has done some damage And we hear Negan saying, there are rules. You earn what you take. And then as he walks by, everyone bows down on their, on their knees. They do. I think that was very interesting. Does that happen in the comic or can you tell me? Um, that's a good question. I don't remember that scene in particular from the comic, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's a comic scene. That's a very, uh, demeaning thing for you to do to people that uh, are following you is to make them bow down like that every time you walk by. Yeah, it's, it, it is, but I think that's the kind of guy Negan is. He is the supreme leader of this, of this community. That's just asking for trouble. Like you're just asking for dissent and, uh, for people to, you know, rise up against you mm-hmm. when you're doing shit like that just for the fun of it. I mean, sure. If there's 300 years of history and, uh, you have guards walking around, uh, that will chop off your head if you're not you know, bowing to the ground, but you know, how long has the zombie apocalypse been going on at this point? A few years, couple, couple of years, two, three years. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody made me bow down every time they walk by, I think they were a complete stupid asshole and I'd probably conspire against them. Well, you may be right, but don't forget you said, unless you have guards threatening to chop your head off if you don't. And I'm pretty sure he has those people. Yeah, but I, I don't think I'd uh, conspire against them with the guards around. I'd wait until I was uh, able to, uh, Speak in secret, right behind the pig pen or something, because <laughs> that's where you talk about secrets. Well, yeah, because the pigs are making enough noise that then they stink a lot, so people can't hear you because it smells so bad. <laughs> I, I get it, <laughs> or they just don't come near you. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think you may have a point there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happens at some point during season seven. Um, but it was a pretty striking image to see him walking by yeah. with the baseball bat and everyone just go down on one knee. The other thing I noticed about that scene, though, is you can see like tomatoes and stuff growing in the background. And I feel like they were standing in front of a chicken coop 
or something. One of the guys had a little basket with a couple of eggs in it. Oh, see, it probably was a chicken coop. So they are, um, not only do they take 50% of everybody's stuff that they, uh, that they come across, they seem to also be building or growing their own supplies and cultivating their own chickens and stuff like that. It's true. So they're not completely useless is what I'm saying. They do do their own thing. They're not just scavengers. Right. Um, all right. We see a shot of Sherry. Now there's some controversy, controversy over this character's name because she was originally credited as honey, but this, she was in the episode from last season with Daryl where he encounters Dwight for the first time and, and the two women. And the other woman was Tina. And even though this other character was called honey, uh, Tina called her Cher, and in some places online she's listed as Sherry, and in some places she's listed as Honey. Um, but we're going to go with Sherry because okay. she seems to line up with uh, Sherry from the comics. And uh, Sherry says, whatever he's done to you, there's always more. So we don't know who she's talking to. We don't. But she's trying to say that don't get comfortable with Negan because he's always going to do something worse. Right, which, you know, doesn't really strike me as a benevolent leader, and I would conspire against him. <laughs> right. Well, you are very conspiratory. Against assholes like that. I guess so. For sure. Uh, and then we cut over to Spencer, I think. That's Spencer, right? And he says, we should have made a deal with them when we could have. So it seems like it's too late to make a deal now. It sure is. And as we recall, Spencer has been back at Alexandria. He he never left. So um, the next scene is Negan pouring lemonade and chatting with Olivia. Yes. So, I think this is the most interesting shot in the whole trailer. Right. Because it's through like a barred window or just because he's there ch- chatting with Olivia? Because he's chatting with Olivia. That tells us a lot. It means he went to Alexandria. That means he's at Alexandria and he's comfortable enough to... Uh, sit down and have a glass of lemonade, which means he owns Alexandria. So Alexandria is going to fall super easy after uh, after Negan shows up, and we get another scene of that a little later on as well, right? Well, that's that's that does seem to be what it would mean. Like we don't know what the status of the rest of the characters is at this point. I mean, after he kills somebody in that lineup, does he just let them go? Does he take them back to the sanctuary and keep them prisoner? Um, does he torture them and make them reveal exactly where Alexandria is? Although I'm pretty sure his guys know that already. So maybe he kills somebody, then takes a trip to Alexandria to say, look, you know, I just killed Glenn. Uh, You guys better watch out for me because I'm here to take your stuff. You know, I don't know. Um, But in that scene, uh, (laughs) my stupid computer always auto corrects Negan to Megan. So I have my notes. (laughs) Megan says, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Which means Negan. He says, you should know there is no door number four. This is the only way. Well, that's because they're playing let's make a deal. Well, that implies that there are three other doors slash options. Which is how many doors there are in let's make a deal. Okay. So if there is no other way, how can there be four doors? <laughs> what was door number one, two, and three? Like, it sounds like he's he's like behind door number one. You've got me killing everybody here. Behind door number two, you've got me killing half of you and taking half your stuff. Behind door number three, you've got me, uh, I don't know, unleashing a horde of zombies on this place and good luck with that. And door number four is something else. It sounds like he's saying door number one, I kill everybody. Door number two, I kill everybody. Door number three, I kill everybody. Door number four, I take half your stuff. (laughs) Well, there is no door number four. 
So well, okay, sorry. So, so I just yeah, <laughs> but basically, yeah, it's uh, it's let's make a deal. It's a little Monty Hall. It is, and but I, but I still don't understand what he's what his options are if there are any. Well, no, but it's a trailer. It's not the actual show. If it were the actual show, we'd know what we're behind door number one, two, and three. Yeah. And uh, we could choose, you know, door number one or door number two, or, you know, we could switch our choice to number three if we wanted. And you should always switch your choice. After they remove one of the doors. I know the After. Monty Hall problem. Yeah. Okay. I've thought about it a great deal. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I know I well, want to- You do it for work, right? Kind of. But I also wanted to just understand the logic behind it. And it, it makes sense to me. Uh, all right, we see Dwight on a motorcycle. His face is really burned, although we've already seen him with the burned face. It just this was a clear shot of it here. Um, he's 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 looking kind of concerned, looking up, and there's lots of bodies around, so we don't know what's going on in that scene. Well, he's praying to God, obviously. Is he? That's- yeah, he's looking up. He's uh, he's you know he's trying to get guidance from uh, the Lord above. Okay, because you of- skip the zombie on the road. The one with the arm that was broken off. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. I, I kind of glossed over some of the zombies on this one, but that's the one with the arm that was 90 degrees and then it falls off? Yeah, it's all flipping off and stuff. It's just, it's definitely not attached anymore, mostly. I mean, it's attached by skin, and that's about it. Yeah. It was really gross and really awesome. It was a good zombie, I, I must admit. I shouldn't have skipped over that one. It was probably the best one in this trailer. Yeah, I, I think it was definitely the that was uh, That was a bicycle girl scale zombie that was uh that was quite good boy call back to the pilot man yeah it's a long time ago um okay good zombie uh dwight looking concerned bodies all around who knows if those scenes are even related that zombie may or may not be on that highway there's zombies everywhere in this show man so who knows really (laughs) what scenes are related (laughs) there's zombies everywhere i'm surprised (laughs) i forgot that (laughs) um now we get a car crash with a motorcycle or a couple motorcycles and and a larger truck it looks like it looks like sort of a maybe a military type vehicle but it's hard to tell it's uh yeah uh no that's a definitely a military vehicle is it yeah i'm just i'm watching the trailer as we go along here just to get uh, i know the visuals what you do but uh yeah it's definitely looks like a military vehicle it looks like an older one mm-hmm. doesn't look like it's something anywhere near modern it looks like world war 2 maybe uh, the Korean War era type truck. Well, that's okay. I don't know if it's World War II. It's not that old. That's pretty well, old. It's pretty old. It's before electronics, right? Yeah. There's no electronic yeah, yeah. parts in that. There's no, uh, you know, if you can get the damn thing started, it'll run forever. <laughs> just keep her going. Yeah, just keep filling it with uh, bacon grease, <laughs> essentially. Ooh, but A little biodiesel and you're all good to go. What are you going to eat then if you're pouring all your bacon grease in the truck? Well, you probably shouldn't eat bacon grease anyway. Eat chickens and eggs and stuff. That stuff's good. Go fishing, for crying out loud. Tomatoes. All the bacon grease, especially if you need you need it to run your truck. It's a good point. It's a good point. Um, Trucks don't run on chickens. No. Bacon grease, sure. Uh, do you think it's the big truck that crashes with the car? Because it looks like the car is hit by a truck and then spins out. But again, it could be unrelated scenes. Uh, I'm looking. So, I don't know. Hard to say. Hard to tell. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we need a good car crash once a season, so looks like we're going to get one here. Um, we get some faster cuts now of what looks like people from the kingdom, Dwight, Morgan using his staff. We get pigs. Speaking of pig pen, we get pigs eating some bodies, maybe? 
Well, that's why I said pig pen, go behind the pig pen, because I knew there's going to be a pig pen somewhere, and yep. it was definitely eating something human-shaped. Whether it was the pigs are eating zombie meat or human meat, I don't know, but they were definitely eating something that was a human at some point. And pigs will eat anything, right? Yeah, especially if you train them to eat bodies. They're real good at that. <laughs> like, not only is it a trope in TV, but friggin' people do that for real. Okay, Pigs will eat anything, yes, especially if you train them to eat bodies. <laughs> you went straight to bodies from anything. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the, yeah, they will eat anything. Okay, especially but the bodies. People use them to, to get rid of bodies. That's... Like, in real life. I know it, it's happened in this country. It has. It's horrific. Um, well, uh, and of course, there's some zombies in that little fast cut section there. Yep. Um, and then there's a shot of Jesus fighting zombies in what looks to me like the hilltop, yeah. and it's on fire. Well, there is a fire. It looks like it's a contained bonfire. So I'm not sure whether the hilltop is on fire or whether they were roasting marshmallows and then all of a sudden zombies came in. Okay, are you? Sh- I know you're looking at the footage, but are you sure? Because my recollection of it is it looks like the fence is on fire. No, it's definitely a pile of wood inside the compound that's on fire. Mm, okay. But it's hard to tell because it's a 2D picture, right? It's not, you know, can't use both your eyes to render a 3D image on the thing. So I know it's tough. Damn it. Why don't they release these things in 3D? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> well, okay. I don't know. But either way, there are, it looks like zombies are in the hilltop. Jesus is fighting back. Um, so something bad's going on there. Yeah. And whether it's on fire or not, I don't know. Um, we get a zombie hit by a car and I noticed that the smashed windshield from the zombie's rear end or whatever conveniently obscures who's driving the car. Well, that's good. So as at this point, still not a single scene with any of the characters who are in the lineup. Yep. I have a feeling one of them is driving that car, but they couldn't show us who it is. Well, so you think they add, they photoshopped on the, uh, uh, on the cracked windshield to obscure the face? Well, I, I don't. I'm not saying they did that just for the trailer. I think they may have done that. I think that'll probably make it into the episode, but I just feel like if they weren't going to have a cracked windshield, they couldn't have shown that scene because one of our characters is driving that car. Right. That's or just maybe the stuntman just cracked the windshield and then went, oh shit, are you okay? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm Afterwards. good. I've done that a hundred times before. I'm fine. It's a windshield. They're meant to break it's, like that. <laughs> it's what I do, man. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, zombie hit by a car. Uh, a quick zombie killing montage. I think we see Morgan, we see Negan, um, and we see Jesus jump into the back of a moving truck. And I did a bunch of vegetables, a bunch of supplies in there. Um, it took me till my like third or fourth watch through to notice that that truck was moving. Really? Yeah. I don't know why it's not moving fast, but you can see out the back that the ground is falling away behind it. So No, I mean really it took you three tries to, to notice that it was moving. I knew it was moving. Yeah, no. I I just I focused on Jesus rather than anything else and the supplies maybe in the truck. But as then you should, my friend. Yes, thank you. As when I when I like third or fourth time, I'm like, oh my God, the truck's moving. Which meant something to me. I'm like, he's not he hasn't just found this truck sitting in the middle of the road. I think it means he's stowing away on it as it drives away. Yeah, well, they should put the gate down if they're driving because it was just the pl- plastic strips uh, holding like nothing, actually holding nothing. No, there was just plastic strips uh, down in the back of the truck. So if they wanted, if they were moving, they should have put the gate down or something to hold the uh, you know the precious 
onions in in the uh, in the van. Why? Well, yes, he's jumping on. I, I don't know whether he's planning on stealing the onions or uh, whether that's. I'm not sure what's going on, but the truck is moving. Okay. To me, the truck moving means that he's jumping on it as it's leaving and he's snuck on board. So he's right. he's stowing away to get to wherever these guys are going. Or, or he really wants those onions. Yeah, guys, whoever's driving the truck, maybe he really wants the onions. Why wouldn't he? Onions are delicious. The onions are delicious. There's potatoes there too. Well, there's all kinds of good stuff in there. Yeah. Um, so we'll find out more about that someday, I assume. Uh, we see Carol with one of the weirdest scenes in the trailer <laughs> is she doing an act or is she like high on painkillers or something because she's sitting in a theater of some kind there are rows of seats behind her facing it, the stage facing the stage and she yeah. says i don't know what the hell's going on in the most wonderful way <laughs> she's doing the carol act again you think that's that's what i thought i got the impression that she's it's not the uh it's not the housewife uh you know cook that is baking things and doesn't know what's going on and doesn't know how to use a gun. I think she's just playing a ditz and do and achieving some goal by playing this ditz or she's auditioning for a play. But I don't understand. It, that scene felt so out of place in this trailer. It almost felt like it was Melissa McBride, a scene from some other movie she's done, cut in, <laughs> dropped into here for some reason. Like... The first time I saw it, I thought it was a bit odd. Yep. But then the second time I watched the trailer, it occurred to me that, did they splice in an interview of Melissa yeah, McBride? that's what it feels like. It's an interview. <laughs> and she's just acting weird or something. It's so bizarre. I don't yeah. know. It's a little It's a little odd. But I thought it was a, a it, it was out of place, but I don't think it was unwelcome. I thought it was kind of fun. And I think that, it's Carol putting on another act of some kind. Yeah, it plays to what Carol's been doing for a couple of years now. Putting on an act, telling people what they want to hear. And, in and this, then killing them. And then, <laughs> and then killing them. Yeah, the, the scene right after this is her jumping up with some sort of machine gun and taking out everybody on the stage. Well, I assume that she has some kind of laser uh, device embedded in her eye that she can now use because you know that uh machine gun up her sleeve uh-huh. thing is so played out now yeah so she needs to be you know if she's going to up the ante at all she has to be a cyborg well maybe <laughs> i don't know uh but it was weird it was weird i don't i don't know what to expect from that we'll we'll have to find wait to find out uh we see dwight he's in some kind of building or factory or something with some other people I, I assume this is just a scene of, of life going on at uh, Negan's place. Uh, we get a shot of two people in a stairwell, and the, the figure at the bottom sort of looked like Daryl, like long, shaggy hair, but there's no way. I thought it was Dwight. Maybe. He's got long hair, too. I don't know. Well, they just showed Dwight a second ago, and then they cut to another scene that looked like Dwight. I just, I guess I assumed it was Dwight, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. No, I guess we got a, we got a few people with longer hair now daryl dwight carl <laughs> so carl, yeah. i don't know could be um but i i don't think we're supposed to have any concept of who that is and then we get one of my favorite shots from the trailer and this appears to be negan his silhouette and what i think is outside the gate of alexandria sort of knocking on the door 
That's his arrival to Alexandria. That's for sure. That's what I thought too. And I loved how it looked, just his silhouette through the through that curtain they have over the gate, you know, just knocking. It was amazing. Yeah. The sun is uh either coming up or going down behind him. He's leaning up against a pole like he's relaxed and he's just like, I'm here. Open the door, please. <laughs> knock knock. I've, I've got this bat here that uh, says open the door. And we all Obey the bat. Maybe that's why everybody was bowing. They're not bowing to Negan. They're bowing to the almighty powerful bat. Well, it is the bat that does the most damage when it hits you in the head, so... Maybe they all just worship the bat. Well, it has a name, so why not? Yeah, yeah, if you're going to name something, might as well worship it. (laughs) As well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, Next... We are introduced to King Ezekiel, and he says, welcome to the kingdom. So we will stop for a moment here to talk about who plays King Ezekiel. It is a guy by the name of uh, Carrie Payton. Now, I don't know exactly how to pronounce his name because it's K-H-A-R-Y. Carrie. Carrie or Kari, maybe? Carrie, the H is probably silent. Maybe, I don't know. Or the K is, I don't know. (laughs) Harry Payton? Yeah. (laughs) Kari Maybe. Um, I didn't know this actor before before this because uh, he's done a lot of voice acting and animated stuff and uh, video games and so on. He appeared on General Hospital, which is not a show I'm familiar with. My wife always knows people from General Hospital. Well, see if she f- knows who Harry Payton is. She, I think it's a, it's a gut feeling. It's just like, oh, I think she's probably on a soap opera at some point. <laughs> everybody, oh, okay. everybody was at some she's point. She's usually right. Well, there you go. Um, so this, Carrie Payton does the voice um, for the character of Cyborg in Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go, which may mean nothing to you. I know what those words are individually, but that's about it. Well, if you take their DC Comics characters, so there's a show called the Teen Titans and there's a group, it's like Robin from Batman and Robin and Cyborg and a couple others. I'm not too familiar with the DC characters especially these ones anyways there's a cartoon my kids watch it that's how i know it and this guy does the voice of cyborg nice so there you go um see cyborgs i'm telling you i know i was thinking that when you mentioned it earlier i'm like we're (laughs) gonna get to the cyborgs (laughs) cyborgs my friend yeah um and after we're introduced to king ezekiel we get like a, a wide shot of the kingdom and to me it looks like a pretty productive community we see lots and lots of crops growing we see horses there's people around and if you look closely you can see morgan pushing carol in a wheelchair so oh, is that what that was yeah i just you know i was looking at the horses i was looking at the crops in the bathtubs i was looking at the crops in the old tires yep i did not see carol in a wheelchair what a faker <laughs> come on she was shot twice ah oh, come on she's faking it she's playing some kind of weird character uh at this point and she's she's faking it well i don't know but uh um there's also people like in a sort of gazebo type thing i mean there's just, learning it's a class see it, it's a class there's people working there's people learning there's there's stuff going on it just looks like a peaceful uh, productive society. They've obviously taken Morgan and Carol in. They're helping her out, whether she needs it or not. And, you know, Morgan and Carol obviously have seemed to have put their differences aside too, and they're best buddies now. They've got crops in filing cabinets. 
this is this is not a group of idiots, man. I mean, who needs a filing cabinet in the zombie apocalypse? Fill them with dirt and grow beans or something. Yeah, you open they open the drawers, fill them with dirt, and are growing crops in them. It's a fantastic idea. It is a fantastic idea. This is what I'm trying to say. The kingdom. But then they got this big lawn underneath a tree. Because, you know, we wouldn't want to ruin the lawn with crops, but all these filing cabinets, fuck it, let's just grow crops in there. Maybe the the sun doesn't get through the tree very well. You need a lot of sun to grow cucumbers. So I'm just saying. And plus, you need places to sit and have a picnic. I mean, in a society or a group like this, you need work time and play time and leisure time, like picnicking. So Yeah, but where are you going to keep your files? Like, I have a lot of files. I need to put them someplace. I'm not going to just leave them on the ground because the ground I need for uh, for crops and stuff or maybe growing horses. I'm telling but, you, priorities. You don't need your files anymore. Where am I going to put my files? Okay, maybe they stored two or three filing cabinets in one of those buildings just for their files. Where am I going to hide my liquor? I hide my liquor in and amongst my files <laughs> so that the people that come and look for my liquor don't find it. Well, you, sir... <laughs> Are not invited into my post-zombie apocalypse community because you're just too damn complicated. <laughs> I like my office just so. Right. Don't take my filing cabinets. My files, my booze, and my crops. That's, that's it. Put crops in the bathtub because I don't need that. Yeah, bathtub. Yeah, take the bathtub. I don't care about that. <laughs> right. Uh, so I take a bath once a year whether I need it or not. I'll let you know. Well, I'm pretty sure you need it. Yeah. Okay, we get a few more random shots of people, including Enid. So there's Enid again. We haven't seen her in a while. Uh, we see Ezekiel stabbing something. We see another car crash. And this time there's a big truck hitting a stopped car. Yep. Uh, so we get two car crashes in this trailer. We see a shot of Gregory, I think, looking out of a window. We see Negan's guys. Um, uh, and it's that guy, Trevor, from Grand Theft Auto V, whose name on this right, show right, right. I can't remember. Yep. We see Jesus being badass because that's what he, he does. Ninja Jesus there just doing a kick on a zombie exactly that's what i mean he's being badass ninja jesus and the sort of montage ends with ezekiel sitting on his throne with his tiger he's got a fucking tiger he's got a pet tiger whose name is shiva of course it is of course it is the tiger did not look that good to me jason no it looked like shit like, hopefully they fix that up a little bit before this stuff actually airs. But no, it definitely looked like it was, uh, somebody did not do a good job on this tiger. Well, it's not a real tiger. It's not even. Well, obviously not a real, well, I'm sure the tiger's real. Not a real tiger. Type, what do you mean? It's not, it's completely CG tiger? My understanding is that it's completely CG. Oh. So. It doesn't look that good. So maybe it's just for the trailer. I don't know. Uh, maybe it'll look better in the show. I will be surprised, to be honest with you, I'll be surprised if we see that tiger very much in the show. If if indeed they have gone with CG tiger all the time. If they have a real tiger on set, then we'll see it all the time because it's a real tiger. I think, I don't, I thought it was a real tiger just, you know, cut and paste into the shot. I didn't think it was a completely CG tiger. Do you have a source on that or are you just speculating? No, I'm, I, I, I saw a clip from one of the panels at Comic-Con with Kirkman and someone asked him about the tiger and apparently his answer was there was no real tiger on set. But the audio in, okay, I know where you're going. The audio in the clip I watched was not very good, so I couldn't really understand it and I had to take the word of the post, the guy who posted it on Reddit. But I know where you're going. Maybe there was no real tiger on set, but it was a real tiger that was pasted in. 
Well, yeah, it was a fake tiger on set. It's like what they do with sharks, right? If you're making a shark movie, you have a guy on a tennis ball with a tennis ball running around uh, pretending to be the shark so that everybody knows what to look at. So, yeah, there's no real tiger on set. It's just this dude on all fours with a tennis ball saying, I'm the tiger. Look at me like I'm a tiger. Right? No real tiger on set. But then they'd go and they'd find a tiger and they get it to roar at you because you have the chicken that the tiger wants because the tiger's hungry and it roars at you <laughs> and you take a shot of that. You take some video of that and then you copy and paste that over the top of the guy with the tennis ball. Number one, two things. Number one, <laughs> I want that job. I want to be the guy that is the tiger, the run, the crawling around on all fours with a tennis ball in my mouth going, I'm the tiger. Look at me <laughs> roar. Oh, I got bad knees. I would not want to be that guy. And number two, I'm sure that turned somebody on out there. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm I'm the tiger roar. <laughs> yeah, probably. Anyhow, okay, I see what you're saying. Maybe it was kind of a real tiger, but the tiger never made it to the set. Well, who knows? And there's probably lots tiger. of uh, uh, software out there, and it's like, hey, I need a I need a CG tiger. Can you uh, can you make one? It's like, yeah, I'll just copy and paste that from my tiger clip library service that I've signed up for. And uh, they just take an image of that and they just go, okay, well, I'll just move it over here on top of the screen. It's like, I will blend it okay for now. But, you know, when the show actually airs, we'll try and clean it up a little bit. Yeah. Well, I could see that happening. What do you think, though? You're We're ahead of, we're in comic territory that you haven't got to yet. So yeah. what was your gut reaction to there's a character with a tiger? Well, they're near Washington, right? Yes. There's got to be a zoo. Right, with yeah. a tiger. There's more tigers in captivity than there are in the wild right now. I think I read that somewhere. Okay. So there's, there's a whole shitload of zoo animals that are all uh, either dead or escaped. True. Right? So it's probably, we're in like 12 monkeys territory where there's like probably tigers and bears and giraffes and elephants and emus all running around all over the place trying to survive. So I don't doubt that, you know, somewhere around the United States, there's a, there's a friggin' tiger running around free because somebody's like, okay, it's a zombie apocalypse. I feel bad for all these animals that are stuck in here. So I'm just going to let the animals out and to fend for themselves because, you know, it's, it's, it's the end of the world, you know, F- fuck it. Sure. So, let the tiger out, and then he finds the tiger. What surprises me most is that it's a tame tiger. Well, that's like what the, the hell thing. is Ezekiel doing with a tiger uh, that is not gnawing his leg off right now? That's the thing. Like, if he just encountered that tiger in the wild after it had been wandering around for a little while, maybe not finding all that much to eat, he'd be dinner, right? Yeah. Tigers. Large cats imprint on one, maybe two people mm-hmm. if you raise it from a kitten. Right. You have to, and it takes a lot of time and personal attention to do that. I watched a documentary on, uh, it wasn't a documentary, it was like a TV show on what are some of the worst pets you can have. And one of them is like a large cat, like a puma or. <laughs> yes. I'm uh, surprised anyone has to tell anybody that. It's like, don't keep a puma in your house. <laughs> well, you can raise a puma. You can raise a large cat. You can raise uh, a tiger. And it can be relatively nice to you, but you have to spend, you know, pretty much every waking moment with that animal for its entire life. Okay. And then it will imprint on you. It will love you. It will cuddle you. It'll be your best friend, but only you 
And you are res- completely and absolutely responsible for every aspect of that animal's life, for feeding it, to cleaning up after sure. it, to everything. But that's another problem. Fine. Let's say I believe there is an explanation in the comics for why Ezekiel has a tiger, which we won't get into because who knows if they'll do it on the show. But even if, if uh, you know, Ezekiel did that and he is this tiger's mama, like there's a whole bunch of other people around. That tiger might eat one of them instead, right? Well, he's got a chain. Tiger's on a chain, right? Yes, but still. <laughs> I mean, sure, the tiger's the largest cat and weighs like three or 15 times as much as Ezekiel does. And the chain is not for the cat. The chain is for Ezekiel. Right. Because right? yeah. that's so when the cat runs away, Ezekiel will be with it. <laughs> I guess so. Because <laughs> there's no fucking way that a chain is going to uh, impede a tiger in any way, shape, or form. Well, it's a if big that tiger chain. wants to do something. It's a big chain, and it's attached to a big post in the ground, maybe. But if it's attached around Ezekiel's waist, uh, that tiger wants to run. He's being dragged behind it. And yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And then people would look and go, "Oh, there's Ezekiel taking his tiger for a walk again." And the tiger may around. turn around and go, "What the fuck is this thing?" and kill it, and then keep running. Right. So. Not smart to keep a tiger around, but let's put that aside for now. Um, maybe the tiger in the show will be super awesome and look amazing every time we see it. I don't know. Yeah. It'll be well, fun. it depends. If Ezekiel's a cyborg, then there's no problem here. Yes, maybe he is. Because <laughs> the tiger's like, you're not food. I don't eat don't cyborgs. Even, I don't eat cyborg. Yeah. Well, okay. We uh, We see the tiger. We slow down to a shot of Negan laughing, which is, you know kind of sort of thing he does and then we get the walking dead logo so that's kind of the end of the trailer but sort as, of but as you know they always do a little bonus bit at the end uh last year it was about daryl's episodes um year before that i think it was um what's her name uh blonde girl from the farm beth you know in the right. hospital yeah. <laughs> uh and this year it's tara and heath so as you, if you recall, Tara and, Heath, Tara and Heath left at the end of season six to go on a supply mission for, I think, two weeks, they said. Um, so we see what's going on with them. And clearly, Tara and Heath are going to be the, like, side story during season, season 7A. Right, because they've got they've to fight sand zombies. That's right. So we see, the, we see Tara hiding on the ground, hiding from somebody from somebody alive as they walk along. We see zombies buried in the sand. We see Heath and her fighting. We see somebody sniping. Um, And I must admit, I feel like I recognize the person with the gun, but I'm not sure who it was. So if anyone out there remembers who that is, let me know. Could be a new character. Um, We see Heath open some kind of drape. I don't know what that's all about. Um, there's a shot of some buildings in the woods and somebody shooting out from behind a tree. We see some zombies and the very last shot is Tara pointing a shotgun at somebody on the ground. Uh, and, uh, then she decides to butt end them with it instead of shoot them. Yeah. Cut to black. So I don't really know what's going on here with all this stuff, but clearly we're going to get, you know, three episodes of season seven and then a Tara and Heath episode. Yep. And then the rest of season seven, a, uh, because that seems to be the formula they're following. So, you know, I don't know if we can really learn too much from these scenes, but other than the fact that we're going to get their story. I think it's going to be fun. Sand zombies look like fun. It looks like there's dump trucks in the background. They're going to dump a pile of sand on zombies thinking that'll take care of them, but then they crawl their way out. Yeah. It 
I must admit, it, it kind of made me think of Fear the Walking Dead with the beach they went to and the zombies on the beach and right. when Nick fell into the thing and zombies were around. So Maybe that's Nick. Maybe Nick shows up with a dump truck full of sand. Maybe. Like, holy shit, where the hell did Nick come from? Why does he have so much sand? I don't know. And who is this guy covered in blood everywhere he goes? Yeah. Maybe Tara and Heath went on a really long mission and they ended up on the West Coast and they're in Mexico. I don't know. Yeah, it's more than a couple of weeks. That well, would it be. depends on the road conditions and how many stops you make along the way. I'm pretty sure it's more than a couple of weeks. So Walking Dead returns October 23rd, 2016. That was the date at the end. And Seeing, uh, uh, seeing Tara made me sad that Denise is dead. Oh, God, I didn't even think of that. But that's going to be sad someday when she comes back and finds out Denise has been dead for like three weeks. Yeah. And in fact, somebody else has been dead and they met all these people who aren't very nice. And boy, the world sure is going to be different when Tara gets back. Yep. Man, a lot happens. Um, So there you go. There's the trailer. So we see nothing of our main characters in the lineup after the montage at the beginning. That's what they decided to do. That's how they decided to keep the secret. Um. And I, my feeling is because of that, they were forced to reveal a little bit more than usual in this trailer, which is kind of what I was saying at the beginning, um, because they have to keep that one big secret. So they let some other information slide. Like, it's like, okay, guys, we're not going to tell you who Negan kills, but look, King Ezekiel with a tiger, right? Yeah. It's like, there's a tiger. Yeah. Like last week they said, oh shit, we need a shot of the tiger. And so they rushed that tiger imagery. Yeah. It's just, it, yeah, it did look like crap. I'm kind of focusing on that right now. All right. Well, maybe it'll look better in the show. We will see. Um, and I think one of the biggest things we learned is that Negan visits Alexandria. He goes there, yeah. which is going to be exciting. That is going to be exciting. How did you feel about the trailer overall? Did you like it more or worse than past years? Well, it was uh, about 60% new footage. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was a three-minute trailer. I think last year and the year before was a four-minute trailer. Four to so they, five, yeah. Yeah, so they cut it down, and the first minute and a half was old footage. Right. Right, so it was nothing new. So all we had was a minute or so of actual trailer. Mm-hmm. So uh, how do they feel about it overall? I really, I didn't think about the fact that uh, they should have shown us who was killed in this trailer and how freaking awesome that would be. Uh, so I'm a little sad that they didn't do that. But other than that, I, you know, it, it looks like it could, it, it, like you said at right at the beginning, uh, it could be both the, it's both the most awesome season ever and a complete pile of steaming crap. Well, you know, every, every summer we're in that situation. So that's just why I was, I enjoy trailer day. Um, but, but I think this was, was, was pretty good. I don't feel as manipulated as I do usually when watching the trailer. <laughs> Not yet. I mean, <laughs> after a while, maybe. Well, I'm sure once the season plays out, I'll be like, well, that trailer didn't show me anything. Right. But at this point, I just don't feel like they've intentionally gone out of their way to confuse us. No. And they didn't try and, uh, tell a story with this trailer. Right, they didn't try and uh, spin any kind of yarns. They just mm -hmm. kind of showed us a bunch of images of what's going on, and they didn't try and 
put it in such a structure that it misleads us into thinking something's going on when something else is actually going on. Yeah, that's what I mean. They they didn't try to mislead us. They were bare, yeah. they were kind of straight up with it. They're like, okay, Morgan and Carol meet people. They go to their place. It's run by a guy called Ezekiel. He has a tiger. It looks like a pretty well put together community. There, like, there's no. I don't feel like there's any question about that after watching this. And then they say they show us, you know, okay, so Negan has this other group. They bow down to him. He's mean. He looks like he's having lemonade with someone we know, which is really weird. I mean, I just feel, I don't feel like they tried to fool us with anything here because they didn't need to, because they're showing us things that we have no context for anyways. Yeah. And I don't know. I kind of liked that about it. Uh, I've got some feedback from listeners here on it. Uh, longtime listener, Angie in Birmingham says short trailer, but I can see how hard it was for them to do it with that finale. Not liking the cast choice for Ezekiel. He doesn't look right. Maybe it's just those really bad fake dreads, not to mention that awful CGI tiger. Though I am excited to see Shiva. Well, maybe they should have a real tiger and put in CGI dreads. Well, yeah, maybe. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Um, Instead, you know, he's wearing a wig with dreads. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Jackie in the UK writes Ezekiel looks good and I'm intrigued by the kingdom. My only criticism is that the tiger looked a bit fake. So yeah. we're not the only people to pick up on this bad tiger. Uh, uh, a lot of these responses come from uh, listeners uh, on our Facebook page where I posted these trailers for everyone. Don writes, while I wasn't thrilled with the cliffhanger, I am looking forward to the next season. I was glad to see this trailer. It gave me enough to wonder about and enough to look forward to. Michael on Facebook wrote, how do you show a trailer without giving away the cliffhanger? Don't show anything from any of the characters in the lineup. Oh, and Shiva head explodes. <laughs> so we like the tiger there. Shannon writes, well, I guess if you read the comics, all those other people might seem exciting. I don't. So all this to me is a lot of people I don't have any reason to care about. A lot of recycled clips and a reminder of how much I disliked that cliffhanger. Well, this trailer did. Uh premiere at comic con Mm -hmm. so it's kind of targeted towards uh people that like comics sort of i mean comic con's kind of drifted from that initial concept but uh it is aimed at uh you know real real nerdy fanboys and girls it is but that doesn't mean they read the walking dead but that's a good question for you since you haven't read past issue 100 when you saw things like the kingdom and ezekiel and you know, I guess a little bit more about what Negan's kind of society is like. Did you think to yourself, this is not interesting because I don't know any of this? Or did it strike you as as potentially cool? Uh, it's kind of neither. Or neither. <laughs> <laughs> I think I fall into the category of neither. I was a little surprised that everybody was uh, bowing to the uh, to the almighty bat there. Because uh, I didn't think that he was that kind of m- maniacal megalomaniac that uh, he needs everybody to completely uh, bow to him like he's the, uh, the Lord Jesus come again and an asshole because I don't think Jesus would do that to people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so not only is he the Lord cometh, but he's an asshole to boot. Uh, so that one, that surprised me a little bit. The um, The kingdom itself reminded me of Woodbury. It's just like what would happen if Woodbury was around now? Right, uh, because Woodbury, uh, they tried to rebuild society, but they still had a lot of supplies uh, that they were gathering from uh, the existing society that had fallen. Whereas now it's a couple of years later, 
uh, they, you know, any community has to be more self-sustained than, uh, than, than Woodbury ever had to be. Mm-hmm. So they had to grow crops and filing cabinets. So, <laughs> right. you know, to try and save the lawn for picnics. <laughs> see, and now you got it. Yeah. But see, Woodbury was run by a bad guy. The implication in this trailer is that King Ezekiel seems to be a, a good leader, like a friendly leader. He's helping outsiders. I don't, I don't know that. Well, I think that's what's implied in this trailer, but if- the, I don't, I'm not, not necessarily. I don't think I necessarily got that. Huh. I think that uh, I was thinking King Ezekiel, like anybody who's going to call themselves king, uh, again, tends to be, in my mind, a bit of an ass. Like, a, you know, just kind of a self-centered, I am, like, did he get elected to that role? Is he elected king or yeah, I think it's the kind Not of thing kings where you are kind elected. of, exactly. So <laughs> it's kind of a, a self-appointed uh, thing because you don't appoint somebody else king uh-huh. unless it's Game of Thrones. Uh, sorry, spoiler for the, uh, the first season, actually the first episode of Well, there's Game been of a Thrones. few kings in that show. So anyway. I know, but the first one, you know, Ned Stark and that guy, they fought the, the Mad King uh-huh. and, uh, and then- the not Stark guy. I don't know his name off the top of my head. Obviously, he was appointed king, and right. he was saying, "Ned, you should have taken the crown." It's like, no, I didn't want that stupid thing. I'd sit on that uncomfortable chair. So nobody really, except Ned Stark, appoints somebody else king. Right, right. You appoint yourself king, and in order to do that, you have to be uh, a little egotistical. And uh, a bit of a an ass in my mind. So thinking, calling yourself king and having a tiger, uh, it just it strikes me as not necessarily a benevolent leader. It's more of an ass leader. <laughs> okay, but at least he takes in Morgan and Carol and treats her. I don't know. I, you, you could say the same thing about uh, the governor. Yeah, uh, he took you know in the trailer. It's like, oh, did he take in Michonne and uh, uh, shit? What's her name? Andrea. Andrea, yes. at, you know, did, you know, he might be a benevolent leader where he takes them in because they, uh, maybe they were injured or they were hungry and tired, which they were. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, is he a benevolent leader for taking and taking them in? Yeah, you're and right. They, you know, he took in Glenn that one time too, for a little while. Tied him to and, a chair uh, with a zombie. You know, made him comfortable in that chair and, uh, brought him some entertainment. <laughs> you know, right. that's a, that's a nice leader that did that. Who's the governor who could very well have been elected that role. Mm-hmm. Like everybody agrees. Yes, you are the best leader we've seen around these parts for quite some time. You know, uh, let's take a vote. Yes. Okay. We took a vote and, uh, you're the governor. That's nice. That doesn't happen for a king. That's true. You know, it reminds me of that scene in the trailer. I think it was in the trailer for season two or three or whenever that was introduced. Um, you know, he, the governor is stepping out of, I guess, the town hall type building in Woodbury. And he just says, welcome to Woodbury. And it's so friendly and open. And you think maybe he's not such a bad guy after all. Yeah. So I I see what you're saying. We just don't know anything about Ezekiel here. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know Ezekiel at all. This is the first time I've ever heard of King Ezekiel. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it just reminded me of a Woodbury situation. Sure. You know, only a little more rural. A little more, yeah. And more filing cabinets full of crops. And one more tiger than the governor ever that's, had. That's right. The yeah. governor had uh, fish tanks full of zombie heads. So maybe, you know, governor likes one type of entertainment and uh, Ezekiel likes tigers. That's right. I don't see why he wouldn't. You know, tigers are entertaining, man. 
Yeah, maybe he got it from the zoo and he has a couple of bonobo monkeys sit, kicking around someplace. <laughs> Probably. Why not? Teaching them how to juggle and stuff. That would be fun. Uh, Mario on our Facebook page wrote, love how they didn't show any of the main characters in the actual trailer. The suspense is killing us all. And I'm sure Negan didn't want to catch that that tiger by its toe. <laughs> Right. Pretty good. <laughs> um, and then otherwise, I think the Facebook response was pretty positive. Claire said, I liked all the new faces and places, different people in the spotlight. Tara and Heath are back. Also Tiger. Matthew said, it looks super badass. Jamie said, just wow. Christine said, loved it. Can't wait for the show to return. So a lot of people were pretty on board and excited by this trailer, I think. I'm excited about, uh, you know, Ninja Jesus kicking ass all over the place. Well, that's always fun to watch. That guy, that character is so entertaining. Yeah. Like he, he's entertaining because he kicks a lot of ass, but he's also just an interesting character when it comes to non-ass kicking scenes. Like last year in the scenes in the hilltop with Gregory and stuff like that, he was the yeah. one, the bridge kind of between the new characters or sorry, the, uh, the characters we know and the new people at, uh, at the hilltop. So he's a very uh, well-rounded guy. Yeah. He's going to be fun. And I like seeing him forward to Jesus. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to break down the Fear the Walking Dead trailer. Stay tuned. to help support the talking dead podcast you can do so in a couple of ways first of all visit us on patreon at patreon.com slash the talking dead where you can make a small monthly pledge there's all kinds of different levels of support you can choose and all of the money raised goes into putting this podcast on and, and paying for hosting and equipment all the stuff we need to record every week um, and we really appreciate all the support over on patreon that's patreon.com slash the talking dead you can also, even simpler, use our uh, Amazon links by going to talkingdeadpodcast.com slash Amazon and choosing the country of your choice. When you click on that link and you shop at Amazon, uh, a tiny cut comes back to us. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And again, we really appreciate all the support from everyone at Amazon. And as I've said before, we have no idea what you buy, so you don't have to worry about it if you're buying something embarrassing. We don't know. It's just a tiny cut comes back to us. And it's a really great way to help support the podcast. So thanks so much to everyone for all your support.
right, everyone, we are back. So we're here now to talk about the Fear the Walking Dead trailer. So this came out at Comic-Con as well. Fear comes back in about a month on August 21st, less than a month yeah. at this point. Um, I think we mentioned at the top of the show that is a few days after your baby is scheduled to be born. Well, my baby wants to watch the show. That's the thing. Yeah. You <laughs> can listen to the show if it's still in utero, but uh, my baby wants to watch the show. It's like, I, I, you know, I heard about this Fear the Walking Dead thing, and uh, I think I'm going to... I'm going to try and be born in time to see the uh, premiere of this particular season. Well, that's the season, second half of this season. But I know that's because if it's a boy, you're naming it Nick. And if it's a girl, you're naming it Madison. Well, actually, Madison for both a boy and a girl. Oh, see? I should have thought of that. (laughs) Uh, All right. Um, Or Chris. Chris for a boy or a girl. Yeah. Well, you know, you've proven that rule. See? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Me and my wife, same name. Uh, okay. So Fear the Walking Dead, we open with some kind of sacrifice of a person. This was a pretty striking scene to open with. So there's a fence, there's a bunch of living people on one side and a bunch of dead people on the other side walking around. And there's a bus that is kind of stuck in the fence. So you can enter at the front of the bus on one side of the fence and exit at the back. And this guy does that. He basically willingly walks into the bus, goes through, comes out the back, and then stands there while the zombies eat him. And to make it even worse, his poor little little daughter is there watching this happen. Well, yeah, there's a little girl watching watching that. And his daughter, I guess. I think she says Papa. She calls him Papa. Oh, well, you know, that clinches it. There, so or maybe she was talking to the guy standing next to her. Okay, well, either way, she's watching it. I think, yeah, what's going on over there? Why is he going in? That's crazy. (laughs) That's crazy. What's going on? I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be her dad, anyways. Um, interesting scene to open with. We don't know who these people are, what they're all about, and it looks like a fairly large group. Yes, and did you? And Nick is on his way to Tijuana. Right, so the next scene is Nick covered in blood, walking on along the highway with, and he passes a sign for Tijuana. And what I realized from this is he he means he's traveling north because they are south of Tijuana when we left them off. So he's traveling back towards the United States. Right, to the happiest place on earth. Correct, which is right across the Mexican border from San Diego. Right. Um, but he's, of course, covered in blood, <laughs> as usual. Yep. And... So what I'm going to do here is make your life a little more difficult, Jason. I think we'll break this one down by by group and or plot line. So not in chronological order based on the trailer. Man alive. Okay. Sorry. You may not be able to follow along so closely with this. So Nick's- I've got my notes. Okay. So we'll be all right. Nick's walking to Tijuana. Eventually, it looks like he runs into the sacrifice people that we just saw and is helped out by them because they see him collapse on the road. They take him in and he's being treated by some guy in a uh, pretty clean and well-stocked looking hospital room. Yep. Um, we see, we have a scene where he's sort of out in a, almost like a marketplace type area. There's kids playing soccer um, and it looks like people are going about their normal life. There's a guy with a backpack. There's people sitting on stools. It just seems like a really sort of friendly, laid back kind of place. Where you can get jumped by guys with machetes at any given second. Well, that's something else that happens. Yeah, there there appear to be gangs. Now, I'm not clear if the gangs are inside the community or not. Because it looked like when whoever found him on the road, 
um, it looked like maybe they encountered the gang on their way back to the community. Not once they got there. Okay. So I'm just saying, I mean, they may have a safe community, but there are gangs roving around. Um, it does seem like there's a scene where, yes, the gangs attack them and it looks like Nick gets knocked down and he's about to have his arm or hand chopped off. Yeah. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, but uh, it would be interesting to have a character get their hand cut off, I think. Something it, they, it would. I think that would be interesting. Something they but, chose not to do in the original series. But, yeah, they're not uh, going to do it. Yeah, I, I doubt it too, but you never know. It looked like it. Um, and uh, But when this doctor, so this doctor who's treating Nick when he gets back or when they take him in, he says things like the dead are walking toward their final resting place. When the world is washed clean, we, the faithful, will remain. We have been chosen. So... And then right at the end of the doctor says, this is a test. We will outlast death. And Nick says, not everything can be about death. So what I took away from all this is he's encounters, he encounters a group of people who have a similar mentality to, uh, what's her name from, uh, strand from Abigail's place. Right. Death, the zombies are just another stage of life. That's right. And they are, they've actually taken it, well, kind of to the next level by sending in sacrifice sacrifices in through the bus to the zombies saying, you know, here, eat this one and leave us alone for another day or whatever. Right. Cause that makes sense. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> um, but, but anyway, similar kind of feeling. And then, you know, he says things like, you know, they're, we, we're the chosen ones. We will outlast death. And it almost felt when Nick at the end said, not everything can be about death. To me, it almost felt like, okay, he went there and then he realized this is nuts and he's come back a little bit. But, but I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. We'll find out. We will find out. All will become clear in the fullness of time. Fullness of time. But see, the other, the reason I thought that is because the final shot of this trailer is Nick climbing up a hill, top of like a sand dune or something. The sun is behind him. He's all washed out. And it, to me, it almost felt like some sort of redemption. Like he went down the dark path and now he's in the sun. He's in the light again. Right. Of. So no more covering himself in gore just to walk around with the dead. Right. He doesn't feel like he's one of them anymore. He maybe he's not everything is about death. He wants to live again. He's amongst the living again. That's kind of what I felt like they were going for in this. Uh, but again, who who really knows? Um, if we look at what Madison Strand, Alicia and Ophelia are doing, it seems like they have spent some time in the area looking for Nick, but Strand wants to keep moving and head back to the boat, which doesn't surprise me at all because that's what Strand wants to do. Well, yeah. Get back to the boat. Um, they And they eventually find some sort of big hotel to take well, refuge in. I call this place Hotel Tijuana. Hotel it's sort, Tijuana. It's sort of like Hotel California, but slightly different. But just across the border. Yeah, but just across the border. <laughs> right. Um, so do you think that coincidentally Nick heads toward Tijuana and so does Madison and everybody? I don't think it's a coincidence. I think they're following him. They think they know where he's going, though? I don't think there's any indication of where, which way he's gone. I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I assume that they find a, a clue and they head in the same direction. I mean, and then when they get to Tijuana, it's like, you know, what do you do with Tijuana? First thing you do, you find a hotel. 
You you check into Hotel Tijuana. You check into Hotel Tijuana. You may not be able to leave, but you can check in. That's right. <laughs> Zing. Um, okay, well, that, I mean, that kind of makes sense. You wouldn't think that the two groups would go in opposite directions because, I mean, the assumption is they have to come back together at some point, right? Well, yeah, of course. You're not going to have Nick go somewhere and everyone else go somewhere else and we follow these two groups. <laughs> we got two shows And we have on. two shows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think you're probably right. They probably end both end up heading towards Tijuana. Um, but anyways, Madison's group, they find this big hotel. They take refuge. And I don't know about you, dude, but there were some really, really semi-disturbing scenes, I thought, when they get to this hotel. And I'm talking about the bodies falling off from the upper floors of this hotel. Yeah, we got the jumpers. Well, they're, they're probably zombie jumpers. Yeah. Zombies that just don't know any better and walk off the ledge. Oh, maybe. I don't know. But it... And I don't know how much I really want to get into this, but it reminded me of real life events at 9-11. Yeah, well, me too. People... Is, is it too soon? No, I don't think so. I mean... You think that'll happen uh, in the episode around the uh, first week or so of September? Because that'd be in real bad taste. God, could be right. I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe, but I, I hadn't thought of that. But it's just like, you know, you've... You've seen footage of of people falling off the World Trade Center or jumping off the World Trade Center, and this reminded me of that. It did uh, a little bit, and it's a really, really striking and upsetting thing to see. So, I'm I'm curious about the context of it within the episode. Maybe in context, it won't be as familiar, but in the trailer, I must admit that's the first thing I thought about. Um, but uh, I just hate it that we know what this kind of shit looks like. Like before nine yeah. eleven, we never, uh, you know, depicting buildings falling over. We're like in Cloverfield when a building kind of tips over and then just kind of leans up against another building. Right. Like we know for sure now that there's not a chance in hell that that kind of thing would ever happen. No. They pancake and they collapse the way uh, we saw in real life in nine eleven, and ever since then, every building collapse you see in a movie happens exactly that way. Yeah, straight down. Straight down, and uh, we saw it in even in the, the second Star Trek movie. Uh, they did this whole scene where the city collapses in almost exactly that same way, and it was uh, I thought it was a little distasteful overall. And I think this kind of thing is uh, is similar to you know what you're talking about. It's like yes, it's it evokes a, a strong memory, mm-hmm. and I think they may have done it for that reason, which kind of pisses me off. Well, I, I'm going to wait to make that call until we see it within the context of the episode, because maybe it's completely different. But for now, I agree with you, because it definitely evoked that feeling and that memory in me. So I don't know. Um, but other than that, we, we see the group in the hotel. Strand is doing this weird thing where he's ringing the the service bell on the counter, and Maddie's like, He wants the- a room, and the, the hotel staff is not there. There's <laughs> sure. nobody at the at the counter. The hotel zombie hasn't come to the counter yet, so he needs to get him there. How's he supposed to check in? Oh, I don't know. He better ring that bell a few more times in sync with the music, uh, which I liked, actually. I thought this trailer had really great pacing and a really great feel to it, and I liked the use of the Kinks song and and how the bell was ringing in beat with the song. I thought that was really well done. I really like that. I like it when they do that kind of thing. Totally. It makes it feel like it's just perfect. It's like the first uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movie. All of the sword fights, uh, all of the clinks of the sword were in time with the music, and I loved it. I think 
that might have been a uh, a Peter Pan thing. Don't they do that in Peter Pan too? I don't know this Peter Pan. I've never seen a Peter Pan movie. Or what? TV show. You've never <laughs> seen Peter Pan? No. Wow. I've never watched. I never not nothing like not the play, not the uh, any of the movies that were based on Peter Pan, not the movie Hook, not the movie Pan. You never seen Hook? Hook's no, a classic. Hook. Yeah, no, I, I can't stand that kind of thing. Jeez, man, come on, Peter not Pan. That. That's like saying no, you've man. never seen Cinderella. I've never seen Cinderella. Oh Jesus, let's move on. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. Uh, nope. I'm aware of the story, and I know there's talking teacups, but that's about it. Wow. They're making a live-action Beauty and the Beast. Uh, well, sure. Why not? They've made live-action of all those things, pretty much. Yeah. How could you gone through life and not seen these classics? I don't know. I grew up fast. Okay. <laughs> I watched things like The Exorcist when I was a kid. <laughs> yes, and, and uh, Magnum P.I. and Matlock. Oh, I love Magnum P.I. I know. I give my mom shit for letting me watch The Exorcist when I was in grade two or whatever the hell and it was. And so you should, probably. What the hell were you doing? I was terrified <laughs> of that movie and hiding behind the couch. She should have made you watch Cinderella <laughs> or something. Yeah. Anyhow, um, it, you know, other scenes in this hotel, we eventually it looks like there's some zombies in there. Maybe Strand draws them there with his constant bell ringing. And at the end, the last thing we see of them is Strand and Madison trapped in the bar, um, sort of inside a square bar with zombies crowded around it. Yeah, because zombies don't know how to climb, apparently, in this particular room. Well, they're all just reaching. We know zombies can climb stuff. Maybe they right? just haven't climbed it yet. No, they're all just up against the bar, leaning, trying to get a drink without climbing over the bar. <laughs> well, you don't usually climb over the bar if you want a drink. They'll probably exactly. That's going to piss off the bartender. Right. So maybe it's all residual memories. Like, no, you're not supposed to climb over the bar. You're supposed to wait and hold out your hand. Wave so your they... $20 bill. Whatever. Yeah, please. I would like, a, you know, scotch and soda or I want, give me a Bud Light or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what you do. So they know. Um now, there's also some kind of wedding scene amongst here where yeah. Madison's there. Madison's looking at a wedding cake. I had a feeling that this is a flashback. You think she's been to Hotel Tijuana before? Well, I don't... Well, maybe. But I don't think it's a Madison flashback. I have a feeling she sees the wedding cake. <laughs> it's a hotel flashback? <laughs> the hotel has a flashback. <laughs> no. I, I, maybe she meets a character who had their wedding there or something or oh, I see. Okay. something like this. I don't know. I just feel like this wedding's not actually happening now. This wedding happened, you know, a year ago at this location. That'd be awesome if she walked into the room and the hotel had a flashback of the wedding. <laughs> or if the wedding was just happening. It's like they were like, you know, zombie apocalypse has been on for a week and a half, but we're having our wedding, damn it. God damn it. We picked this day. Yeah. And well, you know, come hell or high water or zombie apocalypse, we're getting married today. Yep, exactly. That's what I'm, well, I doubt it's that, but maybe. I think it's a flashback. Okay, okay Travis and Chris, they are scavenging and traveling together. As we know, Travis went off after Chris. And, you know, Chris shows some more of his zombie killing skills. He takes out a couple zombies there. Um during their travels, they're driving around and Travis says things like, I don't believe this is the end. We can get back what we've lost. So he's still holding on to, you know what, maybe this is all just going to go away and everything will be fine, which I feel like is kind of foolish at this point. Well, you know, the whole, yes. <laughs> See, there's it's no the other... whole zombie apocalypse. Every, you know, the goal of everybody in this entire show is to 
uh, rebuild society in the way that it was before. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. Well, no. It's ridiculous. I mean, un- unless it's all taken care of in like the first 24 hours, you're probably never going back. But yeah. but Travis doesn't realize that. He's holding on to hope, right? He's ho- He's hoping that everything will be fine. Yeah, I'm sure everything will be fine. It's just different. Yeah, just different. Just more zombies. <laughs> Depends on your definition of fine. <laughs> yeah, it's just the regular world, but more zombies. Yeah. And then the other thing that we saw here is there seems to be a scene, but again, I have a feeling this is just creative editing and a bit of manipulation on their part here, but there looks like a scene where Chris is in the back of a pickup truck driving away and Travis is running behind him. So I, they're implying here that Chris abandons his father and leaves him behind. Um, but I am hesitant to believe that actually happens. Yeah, I'm a little hesitant too. I don't, uh, I'm not sure what that was that shot, but, uh, I, I don't think I necessarily got the impression that he was leaving. Well, I think putting these shots back to back really is what they were going for. Chris driving away. We see Travis running behind, well, apparently behind the truck, but then it cuts to the very next scene is Chris in the back of the pickup truck. And you can see what looks like Travis standing on the road behind him, not running. So either he's given up and he's just standing there watching them drive away, or they're two completely unrelated scenes. And they just want us to think that Chris is being a dick and leaving his father behind. Right. So I don't know. I uh, don't know what to think about that. Um, that's uh, that's most of it. There's a couple other random shots in here that I wanted to uh, mention. One, there's a scene where it looks like Nick is stuck on top of a bus with zombies around. Mm-hmm. So is that the sacrifice bus? I don't know. It's. I thought so. Could be, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I already mentioned Nick encounters a gang that tries to cut his hand off. Um, Maddie and them are fighting zombies in the lobby bar. Oh, the other one is Alicia. Alicia jumps into an open elevator shaft, grabs the elevator uh, cables and hangs there. And then some zombies come tumbling down sort of after her. So I guess she was being chased through the hotel, uh, through one of the hotel hallways, jumps into the elevator to get away. And the zombies come tumbling after her, which seems like a pretty exciting, potentially exciting scene. It is a potentially exciting and incredibly stupid thing to do. Because if we've learned anything from Die Hard 3, is that when you try and barehanded grab a cable and either slide down it or climb up it, you're going to get big, stupid metal splinters all through your body. Yep. Which you can then later use to pick handcuff locks and to uh, set off a binary bomb if you need to. Well, that's a bonus, I guess, but... Uh, Spoiler alert for Die Hard 3. <laughs> that nobody saw anyway. No, the Die Hard 3 is the last Die Hard movie. No, there's been at least five, dude. No, they're called Die Hard, but they're not Die Hard movies. Oh, I understand. Okay. Die Hard movies have very specific criteria, and uh, those stupid things that are uh, done later after Die Hard 3 are not Die Hard movies. I, I should say there's been at least four, because I don't know there's been five. But There's anyways. been five. There's the one at Chernobyl, and then there's uh, the one before that, which was uh, the fire sale one. Okay, I, I know I saw the one with uh, Kevin Smith in it. And Justin Long. Yeah, that's yeah, the Mac guy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, that's the one with the fire sale. That's Die Hard Four. Okay, and then there's another one. Yeah, that's Die Hard Five, which takes place in Russia and right. ends up at Chernobyl for crying out. Okay, loud. I never saw that one. Those are not Die Hard movies. Anyhow, 
Um, but if you're running away from zombies and there's an open elevator, I mean, may not be a great idea, but what else are you going to do? You got to jump into that elevator shaft and grab those cables. It's true, but put gloves on. <laughs> I'm going to stop. I'm going to get out my gloves. <laughs> those zombies will wait. You don't carry gloves around with you? Uh, I have work gloves. I'd, Everywhere I you go? I'd, no, but in the zombie apocalypse, you're goddamn right I'd take work gloves with me everywhere. That's a good point. You should have gloves all the time in the zombie apocalypse. And and uh, safety goggles. Right. I'd always have safety goggles. Not earplugs, though. You need to be able to hear. Yeah, yeah, no, earplugs are bad, but safety goggles, good. Very good. Um, what I liked about this scene, though, is it looked exciting. Alicia jumps in. She's hanging there. Zombies come and, like, almost get her. Like, they're, like, scraping her face. As I, I thought they, they were down. caressing her face. They love her. <laughs> they're caressing her cheek as they You're fall. You're so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> well. Come back on, out here. We like you. We want to we wanna be your friend. Nibble on your neck a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, anyways, I look forward to seeing how that scene kind of plays out. I thought this trailer was fantastic, man. I thought this trailer was better than the main show trailer. It was really good. I, I didn't see anything in here that I uh, necessarily didn't like. Other than that one bit about Travis run, or uh, Chris driving away from Travis, I did not feel manipulated. I didn't see anything I didn't like. I thought it looks like it's going in an interest, interesting direction. Um, I feel like they gave us a bit of information. Kane could be totally off base on that. Who knows? But it, it was just good. It was well cut. The scenes we sh- were shown were exciting and I like the kinks and I'm super excited about yeah. season two B of Fear they're, the Walking And they're Dead. going to Tijuana and how can that be bad? That's never a bad thing, right? I've never been to Tijuana. I don't know I've what it's. I've never even been to San Diego. Oh, I've been there. Uh, so I don't know. So this is super cool. I'm really looking forward to this coming back. So, uh, whether you're on those podcasts or not, I'm looking forward to it. We'll see what we can do. I'm looking more forward to it if you are, though. Don't get me wrong. Well, yeah. All right. It's just a baby. How much time could it take up? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) A lot. Uh, But you'll make time. I got one uh, listener email about this. Comes from, uh, I don't know if it's a new listener, but uh, this person said it's the first time they wrote in. This is from Bedell in Rocky Mount, North Carolina. Uh, Bedell writes, wow. This looked like seriously polished. They are focusing on new characters and groups that our band will have to deal with. There is an art to cutting together a really compelling trailer. And damn, Fear the Walking Dead looks better than The Walking Dead as far as compelling storylines. I really do like the setting, tone, and temperament of the show, as well as the extreme lack of trees. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody hates trees. Oh, geez. (laughs) Forget those trees tree bastards. <laughs> so, um, completely agree. I think this trailer was great and, uh, super excited for fear the walking dead season two. Me too. All right. Um, okay. Jason, I do yeah. have a little bit of walking dead news, but we're going long, but I don't mind going long because this I is fun. Going long. All right. We're going to do, we're going to do the walking dead news coming up super. right now. The walking dead news. Emmy nominations, Jason. Mm. Sorry, I was taking a drink there. Spit take. That's awesome. <laughs> Let's try Emmy? that again. Emmy nominations, Jason. Shit, that's awesome. <laughs> so every year the Emmy nominations are announced and The Walking Dead gets very little. And uh, I'll be honest, not much has changed this year. None of the actors uh, have gotten the nod. But 
they, uh, the mid-season finale, No Way Out, was nominated for in two categories. First one's weird. It's Outstanding Special Visual Effects in a Supporting Role. They've been nominated for that in the past. It's, it's a weird category. And we've talked about that. Visual effects in a supporting role. Yes. Like they could be the lead of a show. It, I don't understand it. I, I need some explanation on what that, what that category actually means. I mean, I kind of understand what it's for, but not entirely. But why call out supporting role? Visual effects. Visual effects, like visual effect, like best visual effects, period. Is there another category that has best visual effects? And this is the second category, which is best visual effects in a supporting role? I don't know. I'd have to check that, but I need some clarification on that. So if anyone knows, or if anyone from the Emmys are listening, please send us an email, talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com and explain that category because it doesn't make any sense. Um, It's like the, the best use of color. In a TV show. <laughs> like, the best use of color in a black and white production. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just, it, 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 why call it out unless it means something that differentiates it from something else? Right. I don't quite get it myself. Uh, but the show is up against these other shows in this category. 11-22-63, that Hulu show, I think, about the Kennedy oh, assassination. Uh, yeah, that was a Stephen King novel. Good show? Uh okay show good novel okay also better call saul hannibal primavera and sherlock oh sherlock sherlock best special effects in a supporting role in sherlock apparently (laughs) and of those shows i've only seen better call saul and there's not a lot of well maybe i shouldn't say that I, i i can't think of a lot of special effects in better call saul but again maybe i don't quite understand what special effects are especially in a supporting role well, you know, they're not general effects. They're special. No, they're not, uh, you know, mundane effects. No. They're special effects. Okay. Okay, maybe uh, stuff like Better Call Saul and Sherlock have such good special effects that you don't even know they're there. Well, I think that's key sometimes, actually. Like, you'd be surprised that you, you take any movie and you find out that there's 5,000 special effects shots in this movie and it's, you wouldn't think so, so... Yeah, it's like, um, uh, what was that movie? I yeah, don't know. Good, good good story, Jason. That one, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the second category here that the mid-season finale is nominated for is Outstanding Prosthetic Makeup for a Series, Limited Series, Movie, or Special. That one makes right. more sense. Yeah, well, no, it's, it's right there in the title. And they're up against All the Way, I don't know what that is, American Horror, Horror Story Hotel, Game of Thrones, and Penny Dreadful. Penny Dreadful? Yeah, I haven't watched that. Me neither. Of these, I've only seen Game of Thrones, and if The Walking Dead doesn't win, I figure Game of Thrones will win. But then, I haven't seen the others. Maybe American Horror Story has fantastic prosthetic special effects, or prosthetic makeup, I mean. I don't know. Um, Okay, and then AMC's Talking Dead is nominated for Outstanding Interactive Program. Interactive Television Program. (sighs) They They take one call per episode... They read maybe two tweets, and they take one question from the audience. But it's an interactive show. Well, the very fact that they take one call makes it interactive. I guess so. I mean, it may not interact a whole lot, but it is interactive. And maybe there's only like three interactive shows on television, so it has to get nominated. It's like, oh, we need to nominate... 
We need three nominees. You can't just have two and make it a coin toss. You need to have three. Well, there's, so it looks like we actually put some thought into it, so we have to nominate everybody. Dude, there's five nominees. Here they are. Conan, uh, Game of Thrones Main Titles 360 Experience. I don't know what that is. SNL Interactive Experience. That's Saturday Night Live. These don't sound like television shows. The late, These sound like and, things. And The Late Late Show with James Corden. So... Again, I don't know their definition of interactive necessarily. And Game of Thrones main titles 360 experience sounds like a documentary about the Game of Thrones opening titles. But, <laughs> but if the game... I would watch that. <laughs> Me too, actually. <laughs> if the Game of Thrones main titles are nominated for an award... I su- sounds good. I support that because they have I amazing hope. opening titles. Maybe interactive doesn't mean they interact with... Uh, anything other than a live studio audience. How did the Game of Thrones titles do that? I have no idea. I've never seen, I've never heard of that show. I don't know anything about it, but I know that the uh, Late Late Show with Blah 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 and uh, uh, Talking Dead and the, all these other shows have a live studio audience. Well, may, I know, I mean, HBO, I think, is starting to do these, like, after shows. So maybe that's what this is. The Game of Thrones, like, 360 experience is their after show for Game of Thrones. I don't know. Okay, well... So if it's their after show, they have a live studio audience and therefore it's interactive. Probably, yeah. Not because they read tweets or take calls. Right. But uh, they actually interact with the audience like, hey, what did you think about this? Does anybody have any questions? It's interacting with uh, with a, a live audience. Sure. Well, I don't know. I really don't know, but AMC's Talking Dead is up for that award and it's related. So finally, Fear the Walking Dead Flight 462 is nominated uh, for Outstanding Short Form Comedy or Drama Series. So that's good. <laughs> Seems like a mashup category. Comedy or drama? Well, short form. They can't have what? short form comedy and short form drama and short form horror. There just isn't enough, probably. But why call it out if it doesn't differentiate it from something else? Like, are they saying that there's a short form musical section? Uh, I bet musical? there is. Okay, so that deserves its own category. Fine. So we have comedy or drama. We have musical and car chase together. <laughs> best car chase, yeah. <laughs> the best short form car chase. Sure. Right. Uh, then uh, they don't do any of those, uh, you know, those uh, synchronized swimming movies they used to do. <laughs> no. You think that? Well, yeah, you've seen uh, Hail Caesar. Nope. Okay. They used to have the whole, there was a whole movie genre where it was all just synchronized swimming and singing and music and stuff. Okay. That sounds weird. It is weird. It's very weird, but mm-hmm. so is musical. I guess so. I don't mind a musical now and then, I must admit. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, I just like, why differentiate, why call out drama and comedy unless there's other categories? Okay. Well, probably there are. Anyways, all I'm trying to say is Flight 462 uh, was Okay. And it's nominated for Outstanding Short Form Comedy or Drama Series. That is the top award for this format of program. Awesome. That's great. And also Michelle Ang, who played Alex on it, mm-hmm. is nominated for Outstanding Actress in a Short Form Comedy or Drama Series. Well, that makes sense because they have the, you know, that category. So they put, you know, actor and actress of course. in that same category. So that makes sense. good luck to everybody nominated for Emmys. Um, and uh, we hope you all win. I think it's all very exciting. I just question the logic that the Emmys are using to put together their categories. Yeah, well, they should hire you to fix it because I think you could do it. 
no, I'd show up in a meeting and ask questions like, why? And they, they would explain it and it would make perfect sense. And I'd say, okay, and I'd be on board. And I'd be one of the guys that were in the committee approving this shit. And then you could call in or write into our podcast and say, well, here's the deal, you guys. I'd still be on the podcast. I'm not going anywhere. All right, good. Next item in the news, Denai Guerrera has joined, has been cast in Marvel's upcoming Black Panther movie. Uh, and this is kind of exciting. Be- it is exciting. Because um, if you recall, if you've seen Captain America Civil War, Black Panther yep. was introduced to the Marvel Cinematic Universe in that movie. And he was one of my favorite parts about that movie, which was a pretty good movie. I never saw that movie. What? Really? Yeah. No, I've been movie in movie no man's land for quite some time now. Listen, man, you need to start seeing movies right away because when that baby is born – Probably not going to see a movie in the movie theater for a while. We got up Saturday morning and we said, we're going to go and watch Star Trek. We got in the car. We started driving to the movie theater. I sat in that car driving to the movie theater and I turned to my wife and I said, you know, if you want to pull the plug on this at any time, we turn around. If we're, you know, right now, if you want to turn around or if we're in the theater and you don't feel so good, we're going to get out of there. If if we're in the middle of the movie and you tap me on the shoulder and say, we, we should leave, we're going to get up and go. Right, we got about five minutes further on the road before we turned around and came home. <laughs> Just because she's not ready to she sit, she wasn't feeling well. She don't didn't think that she could sit through uh, in the uncomfortable seats for two and a half hours and you know forty five minutes of bullshit commercials at the beginning of the movie. Uh, it just it and traffic was bad. And there was a, uh, it was backed up on the highway and we didn't want to go to the Pickering Theater. We wanted to go to the Ajax Theater because the Pickering Theater sucks. So. We didn't make it. We turned around and uh, we went and got milkshakes and came home. You need to leave her at home and go yourself. I actually did that. Last night, I went and saw the Star Trek movie at 10 o'clock at night while she was uh, sleeping. What? In that case, you're supposed to call me and I'll meet you there. No. It was a last minute thing. I didn't know I was going until quarter two until we discussed it. But anyway, there's been this was the first movie I've seen in months. And there's lots of movies that I wanted to see in the theater that I did not get to see in the theater. Long story short, that movie you just referenced with uh, (laughs) – I'm doing the too long, didn't listen to it portion (laughs) of the discussion. Uh, I did not see that movie with Black Panther in it. Okay, well – I'm aware that he's in it, and I knew he was going to do a movie, and I'm glad that Denai Guerrero is going to be in that movie. Right. She is going to play some characters that I cannot pronounce. Uh, Bob? (laughs) <laughs> no, Okoye, Okoye, O-K-O-Y-E. And right. that is one of the Dora Malayi, M-I-L-A-J-E. That's, that's pronounced Dora the Explorer. <laughs> this is an order of bodyguards for the king of Wakanda. I can pronounce that. So anyways. Um, that sounds interesting. Captain America Civil War, great movie. Black Panther was cool in that. And now Denai Guerrero is going to be in the Black Panther movie. So if you're looking for more Denai Guerrero, that's where you can find her. Um, a woman with a very similar name, Denai Garcia, is cast in Fear of the Walking Dead. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And she was at the Fear panel at San Diego Comic-Con. And this comes from foxnews.com. Garcia is playing Luciana a member of the community near Tijuana, Mexico, with a very different approach to the walkers. They don't, uh, they don't see the dead as a bad thing, said Fear the Walking Dead executive producer Dave Erickson. 
So this kind of sheds a little bit of light on this group that uh, Nick encounters. And I think um, Danae Garcia or Luciana or Luciana, her character is the one, one of the people that finds Nick on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you may recognize this actress from Prison Break or one episode of Supernatural. And I get maybe some other things, but nothing I'd really known. But Prison Break, she had a recurring character role on, if you watch that. Good for her. I did not. <laughs> Neither did we I. We watched the first one and the last one for uh, Lori. That's Remember right. That? <laughs> the first and last episode. I don't know if, if Danae Garcia was in, were, was in either of those, but uh, if you're looking for more of her, Prison Break is a good choice. And I recommend watching the first and last episodes of television series because you really get no idea what the hell happened. <laughs> it's like start, finish. That's it. I've seen the thing. That's, that's all you That's an interesting need. premise. Oh, that's how it ends. That's right. <laughs> okay. Uh, one more thing here. Uh, we've talked about Nick and Norman's, the restaurant that uh, um, Nicotero and Norman Reedus opened down in Sonoy, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well... Greg Nicotero has said he is planning some kind of season seven premiere screening uh, slash party at the restaurant. Oh. Now, there aren't too many concrete details on this yet because I don't think he's really organized the thing yet. Um, and the restaurant apparently is only rated for 100 people. So this is going to be a pretty exclusive party. He's going to turn the whole town into a zoo. Oh, it might. I don't know. It's Come on. It's probably a zoo already. No, but people are going to be camped out there. You say, "Oh, well, Greg Nicotero is going to have a party for the uh, for the premiere, and since Norman Reedus will probably be there as well, this place is going to get swamped." Well, they're going to have to bring in the state police to take control of this place. It might, but somehow they're going to uh, issue tickets to some fans. But you know, with only a hundred people fitting in the building, I think those are going to be pretty hard to come by. So, uh, Greg, I expect our tickets in the mail soon. Yeah. And we'll see you there. I think that's crazy. It is a bit I crazy. I think they're insane for doing that. Well, it's... He and announcing it on uh, in, in the media. Yeah. If you're going to do that thing, do it kind of secret thing, and then afterwards go, we had this cool little party. Actually, how cool would it be if the Saturday night before... Season seven starts. They did a secret screening at the restaurant. If you made a reservation that night and you just happened to be there, you're in. And then, and then you see the episode a night early. Like that would be so much fun. That'd be cool. And I'd think about going down just in case. <laughs> Cause that would <laughs> be a reservation. Yeah. Um, but what I wanted to ta- say is that there's actually more information about this restaurant in the article I read from comicbook.com about this. Um, apparently the restaurant is actually co-owned by Nick Taro, Norman Reedus, Robert Kirkman, David Alpert, producer, and two guys named Scott Tigchlar and Brian Jagged, or, or Yagget, <laughs> J-A- J-A-G-T. I, I got some weird names this, this episode, Yacht. And I looked up those other two guys because they are not producers that I have ever heard of. And these two guys work for the historic Sonoy Project. So it's some coin it's some kind of like historical society for that town. And I went to their website and it says the Historic Sonoy Project is a downtown redevelopment initiative within the historic district of the city of Sonoy, Georgia. The scope of the project includes retail, commercial, office professional, and in-town residential master planned to offer modern amenities and technology within the context of a historic sense of place. 
So that sentence starts okay and goes a little <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> um, but it, interesting enough, both of these guys are from Toronto. Oh, cool. Yeah, where we're from. And they've moved down there for some reason to take over this historic Sonoy society or foundation. Um, and they've, I guess, gotten involved with these, with, you know, Nicotero and Redis and Kirkman to open this restaurant, probably because they oversee a lot of the redevelopment that happens in that part of the town. So, you know, what needs to happen is we need to get in touch with them, start a business and get them to offer us tax incentives and a really good deal on office space and move our business to there because they say that they want to offer uh, business opportunities, retail, commercial, and uh, business opportunities. So obviously they want uh, businesses to run their operations out of Sonoy, Georgia. So I think we should do that. I fully agree. And uh, it's probably not as friggin' hot down there right now. <laughs> yeah. And we just need to come up with a business plan and figure out what the hell we want to do. I got an idea. We run a podcast. <laughs> Oh, hey. That's a business that's a idea. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, um, I'm still planning on going to the restaurant if I can when I go down to Georgia in October for Walker Stalker Con. So uh, we'll talk about it more then. But if you wanted to figure, see if you could get into this screening, I say just make a reservation for premiere night or maybe the night before Good. and see what happens. Make a reservation for every night between now and then. And you never know who you might see there. That's right. Go every day. You know, something's good. Good's got to happen. Exactly. You'll, and not only that, you'll spend all your money on food. Yeah. And you'll be a regular. I love being a regular at some places. It is, it is nice to be known, isn't it? Yeah. The only, the only regular place I go to now is, uh, there's a bar around the corner that we go eat dinner from every once in a while. For some reason, the waitress remembers us. We've only been there like four times in like four years. Anyway, and the Tim Hortons around the corner. They know me there too. Do you, can you walk up and say, hey, I'll have the huge? Well, I, well, it's, I drive through because, oh. uh, you know, in Toronto, you're not allowed to have drive throughs but in Pickering, you are. So I get to go through drive throughs all the time. I don't understand that. There's plenty of drive throughs where I live. Where? I mean, where? Like everywhere. Tim, almost every Tim Hortons has a drive through Not in your neighborhood. Every standalone one does. I doubt that. Not within, uh, okay. Yeah, this not is not that, something we need to talk about right now. <laughs> um, that's it. That's it for the news. Uh, and, uh, that's going to be it for this podcast. We almost got really sidetracked there. Um, <laughs> like that's never happened before. Come on. Zoning bylaws. That's completely within our preview of our podcast. Sure. Why not? Uh, all right. That's going to do it. Um, I'm going to be in California on Friday for the, the next, nine days following that. So if you see me there, say hi. I don't think I'm going to make it to the Universal Studios Walking Dead attraction, unfortunately. I just can't, I just don't think I can justify like the $100 a person ticket to get in plus food and everything and all that. And, you know, I don't know. It just feels like a lot just to go on that. Um, so I don't know. I Maybe plans will change, but I don't think so. But we're going to be- You have to do it. Uh, you can't not do it. Oh, maybe. Come on, man. Maybe. I'm a bad influence. Do it. <laughs> it's only a hundred bucks plus food. You like food. There's four of us, you know, times a hundred dollars. Oh, don't take the family. That doesn't work that way, I'm afraid. No, leave them in a car. They'll be fine. <laughs> no, can't Crack do that. Crack a window. Well. Leave your wife the keys so she can put on the air conditioning if she wants. You know, we'll Buy see. Buy the kids some Gatorade. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Give them an iPad. That'd be fine. No, don't think so. 
We'll see. We'll see. Maybe plans will change. I don't know. Uh, what we are doing is flying to L.A., though, hanging out there for a little bit, driving the Pacific Coast Highway up to San Francisco. Um, it's going to be fantastic. So, like I said, if you see me, say hi. And uh, and I'll say hi, too. I, I look forward to seeing all our listeners out on the West Coast. <laughs> that sounds nice. Probably going to get together with Jason from the Walking Dead cast. Maybe record something while we're out there. So look for that. Won't tell you what that's going to be right now, but uh, if you listen to another podcast I've been on, you might be able to get an idea. Anyhow, we'll see how that goes. Nothing in stone yet. Um, but in the meantime, everyone, if you want to get in touch with us here, you can visit TalkingDeadPodcast.com and click on Send Voicemail on the side of the page to send us a voice message. You can find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash the talking dead and of course you can send emails to talking dead podcast at gmail.com visit us on patreon if you don't mind patreon.com slash the talking dead and use our amazon links when you do all your shopping at amazon as i said we appreciate all the support everyone gives us through those two methods and uh, leave us an itunes review if you feel like it in your local country itunes store be fantastic five stars are great but be honest write a comment leave us a review just getting those reviews in help us get a little bit more exposure with the iTunes people. And those are the people you want to get exposure with. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, okay. Thanks so much for tuning in this time. Everyone will be back soon until next time. My name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 <laughs>